We'll talk about the good and welcome to living a sex positive life where we can guarantee the topic will be about sex. We'll talk about the good and the bad, the health and healing benefits, the adventures, the relationships, as well as the crimes and the tragedies. Our mission is to educate, entertain, and just talk about that touchy subject that affects us all, sex. Now here's your host, Angelique Luna. Good evening, everyone. Hope everyone's doing well. I'm here tonight with my hubby and co-host, John C. Luna. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so we were just giggling because we wanted to add an extra segment to our podcast. Cause, what do we named it? Latest Adventures? Weekly Adventure Update, because honestly, <laughs> the last week has been an exhausting adventure, and the next week is looking to be just about the same. Uh, no, I think we have a break before we go to Las Vegas. But yes, there is definitely, <laughs> you know, a lot of interest. But, you know, subjects change without notice because we do have a few things in the pipe works. So again, we're just doing this extra segment along with our conversations. We're no longer going to be calling them interviews with people due to the fact that uh, we've had some situations where the conversation was just like straight interviews. And I'm like, no, we're talking about sex. Let's Conversations make it are so much more fun. Yeah, so informal and so much more entertaining, I think. So where to begin this weekend? Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. Let's catch up on the week that has passed. And the week that has passed yes. started off with Orlando Fringe Festival. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, this is a uh, yearly. 14-day event of various different artists, performers, and theater productions there. Um, so they range anywhere from kids, teens, all ages, to adult material. Um, a good portions of the shows are normally um, self-related, I guess it would be. or Some, are, some talk about the actors themselves. Mm -hmm. Some are just portrayed. Mm -hmm. um, some are just fun. Some have uh, puppets that are evil and ready to kill you. Yeah, I saw that one. Well, how many? There was 150 shows 100? running mm -hmm. in 14 days. Yeah, in all different locations. I know one was at a bar. One was at somebody's house, atop of all the venues, the outdoor stages. I mean, even some venues had two stages there because normally um, the venue, which is considered the black venue, which is always the 18 plus shows with the, I, I think I counted like five different burlesque shows this year. Seriously. Yes. Yeah. And they had another stage outside and had another storytellers. I mean, they had storytellers. I mean, our favorite performers, Phantasmagoria was doing their Wicked Tales um blue star big bang boom cabaret corsets and cuties their burlesque shows but um actually got to run in and, and saw on one of our sex educator acquaintances lucas brooks and his show exit through the dick shop and i found that one very entertaining uh how could we put it sex education through the eyes of someone who worked in a new york city upscale adult sex store. positive sex retails. positive adult store okay let alone retail for all of you who are in the retail industry it's very challenging as it is now just think of it working in a adult novelty store it, it's even worse i think because it's like common sense really does not exist when asking certain questions about certain products well we're trained to um either in most cases, socially, run away from sex uh, or look at it and either giggle or drool. Those are the three big responses I see, especially from the not-so-educated in the sexual manner of it. And to think of New York with all the personalities, all the cultures, all of that, all trying to get through his shop and ask him lots of questions. Wow. What a place it must have been. Oh, yeah. Just his, just his experience and knowledge alone was, I'm like, oh, my God. And, and, and mind you, Lucas is very openly, um, I don't think he's openly gay. 
He is openly gay. Yes. Yes. I, I wanted to say flamboyant, but no, he, he's very conservative. He, he, he's an introvert, but when you're at fringe, you have to be an extrovert because you got to, you know, hand out all your flyers and sell people. Come see my show. Come see my show. And when you have a, 149 other shows you have to compete with i'm like whoa it does get draining there and so he had some challenges on that but overall i know he had some fun we were supposed to interview him on the show but schedules conflict and life got in the way so we're trying to book him for a later date because i think it'll be fun you know talking about his sexy dance moves music and yeah i say they were his co-stars he says they're props but what would you say hubby about his, all the sex toys he had on stage. <laughs> Something's got to be said to a man who walks up to a table with a straight face, opens up a suitcase, and pulls out 20 different sex toys. <laughs> but it was an amazing show at that. Yes, it was. Because it's like, to a certain extent, it was also sex education, the way he was describing things. And it's like explaining that you got to know your bits. And for people who don't understand bits, that means your personal bodies that turn you on. Your parts, yes. Bits. Bits and parts. Bits and parts. Bits but. and parts and parts and bits. But it was very hysterical that he knew how to turn on a woman more, better than a straight guy. Well, he took his job, um, and he said he was there five years, mm-hmm. uh, very seriously, that he was an educated uh, uh, sex educator, mm-hmm. and his job was to, again, educate and explain things. And I can understand how that's very hard to do when you're talking to, say, a partially drunk bachelorette party. And they're all going to find on a mission to find the absolutely largest dildo in the store. And penises everywhere. Penis necklaces, penis straws, penis of God. Yeah. And try to be a straight face with that. So if it goes on the road, I definitely recommend. I don't know. Some of these some of these performances were being performed on the road. Some of them were actually being performed in Orlando for the first time like someone else we taught met in. Yes, we saw Sex Ed. Now, this was actually kind it, it, it's good misleading but kind of bad misleading because it was her personal journey going through um what would you say? Growing up through the sexual um, I'd say 10-year-old to mid to late 20s. Yeah. And her sexual... Um, journey. There you go. Journey from growing up in uh, rural Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, puberty. Going through high school and having a very conservative family at that. And then moving to New York City. And going through, uh, again, adjusting to that culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I loved is it was it was funny, it was educational. The girl did a uh, what was her name? Carrie Impa. I think her name is Impa. I can't. I can't. I think I'm mispronouncing it, but yes. But wow, what a voice! Because she also did it to your favorite. What was that, sweetie? Disney songs, all mm-hmm. the Disney musicals. The the obviously the lyrics are slightly changed. A but. little, little slightly. So I don't know. It's like, you know, I was talking with her to have the show, you know, reenacted here. But I'm like, oh, FCC fines and Disney's notorious for licensee fines. So, yeah, no, I want to do it. But it was just hysterical listening to um, look at uh, Little Mermaid's part of your world retold as part of a frat party. <laughs> Now, just imagine that, okay? <laughs> Look at the the kegs and the beers and something else. I can't remember all the lyrics, but just the way she changed it, describing a frat party was hysterical. But it was a comical way to at least people for to get people to look at their 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 sexual growth mm-hmm. and uh, kind of realize that where we most of us learned our sex education from was not at school not on the radio or podcast because none of that ever existed not even on cinemax at the time but from our friends and our experiences which we kind of went into completely blind and usually ended up in the wrong spot at the wrong time too but i found very comical that she said that she had hell of a lot more boyfriends in middle school than she did in her college years to adult years 
But then she explained, it's like, yeah, we held hands, we kissed, we liked each other. Okay, that's fine. We're, we broke up next. I don't so, think it was kissing. No, I think it was... No, she did, no, there was one, but that's it. No, no kissing. Just holding hands, and I like you, okay, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, so d- d- dating obviously changes based on the age. Right. And definition, too. Hanging out versus dating. Two different things now. But let's see. We also saw another show. Uh, um, a local favorite around here. Wanzi uh, with an A-Z. I think it was Wanzi A to Z. It is, no, there's no dash or nothing. It's oh. just Wanzi A and then Z. Okay. Wanzi with an A Z. Yeah. Which, um, sorry, he repeating. is a local, uh, I'd say celebrity. He is on mm-hmm. a radio show regularly. He's very famous about his, um, um, his acting and productions. Yes. In the community. Um, but this was after his life. Yeah. Uh, going from, again, small town, growing up, dealing with parents and all that, and his coming out story, um, which was very funny, but went to a very hard note, and uh, he, where he talked about actually losing one of the loves of his life to AIDS. Right, and describing 1985-87 Orlando when it was anti-gay, anti anything and compared to now it's just like wow this generation is super spoiled with the love and the affection and the attention the whole city supports because there was a dark time that they were shunned they were it it was like you did not even admit that you were gay at all well he made a very good point and i'm not trying to uh, uh, minimize the plight mm-hmm. of the LGBT community today. We we do have a battle, um, but when he's coming out and saying in the '80s coming out was something that could have put your life at jeopardy, mm-hmm. was actually a dangerous thing, and you didn't have the legal protections that you had today. And I really had no idea of the journey that this man had taken. Um, cause I always hear him on the radio as much more an upbeat, uh, positive. Right. That whole, well, it, the whole play up to that point was upbeat, positive, comical. And then all of a sudden it was like a sharp left turn and you're like, where did that come from? So we end up with, uh, at fringe, a lot of people sharing their stories and, um, some of the plays again, uh, some of the plays were magic shows and, and violinist and stuff like that, and they went very positive and upbeat. Some of them went really upbeat, but ended, I won't say ended poorly, but definitely brought you on an emotional note. Um, I recommend bringing uh, Kleenexes just in case yes. for next year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it depends on what we were looking at. I know we were, you know, 150 shows. you got to pick and choose what you're going to see. Uh, I know one of the fan favorites were uh, Psycho Mode, Really wanted to see that, but could not pencil in it. What it was is the movie Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, with the Depeche Mode soundtrack. Who doesn't that sound like fun? It, it, it was. It was Patron's Pick. Now, Patron's Pick is um, the top-selling show of the venues. So they have various different venues. I think they had like 15 different venues. So it was either a Patron Pick for purple or gold or brown or whatever and so which were the different theaters which was the different theaters and that was the additional shows on the last monday so all the shows close on sunday and then the monday which is normally memorial day is patrons picks and those are only like two shows per venue there you know what we forgot to talk about (gasps) what the first show we got to see at fringe Oh, showgirls in drag. Oh, my God. If they could make a horrible movie worse, they did. Oh, my God. It was awesome. I loved it because it was so atrocious and so horrible. And they had the lead character dead on. The movements, the motions, the dress. All of them. I mean, come on. Even I couldn't tell. Seriously. Even though there's drag queens, I think one was transgender, I want to say. I believe both were, um, no, what's the word, cross? Well, because there was the, the lead, the little girl, but then definitely there was the guy. 
uh-huh. uh, excuse me, the other girl who wore these ridiculously oversized fake boobs to accentuate the ridiculousness of the character that they were playing. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, as you're probably wearing, I gotta guess, 10, 15 pound apparatus around your neck. <laughs> oh no, that the, had to be 20. The button actually snapped and the boobs spilled out onto the floor. <laughs> <laughs> onto the audience member, no one was injured. <laughs> But, but that, that that had no downplay. That was just a great comical, um, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Re- Bef- not reenactment, but um, parody. Parody, That yes. was definitely a parody. That was an extreme parody, and it was awesome there. I wish we could have taken photos with the performers because we saw them prior to the show, you know, walking around, you know, doing their thing but we we just didn't do it so the one thing with fringe you have to understand there is no photography video recording anything during the performance so if you're lucky enough to find the actors or the performers afterwards to take pictures or talk to them that's your best bet but 90 percent of the time they're hanging out at the beer tent and there is something very unusual at fringe now admitting the scheduling night imagine a scheduling nightmare of having what about 15 theaters, 150 different shows, every show airing between three and five times. The nightmare of scheduling all that. They have to go ahead and say, okay, you have between 3 and 310. And literally, for the first time ever, I went to a performance and it started exactly down to five seconds at three o'clock. And when we got right up to that three-some-odd point, I was expecting the the old-fashioned, what is it, uh, the giant candy cane hook oh, yeah. to come out from the side and pull them off of the stage because the next show is coming right up behind it, and they can't sit there. They can't go ahead and intrude on the other show because they got to pull it down and reset it up. And within 15 minutes, the next show goes. Right. That, that is Fringe's uh, quality there, that all shows start on time and they kick you out there. But even that, not all shows had two or three performances. Some of them, like the Showgirls and Drag, that was the one night only. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, that's why I had to make the choice between seeing Sex Ed that night or seeing Showgirls and Drag. So you're, you're often torn on the scheduling, on like wanting to see something, and especially if it's a one-night thing. It's like going to a convention. And you want to see a talk on five different things. And, of course, they line them up all at 10 o'clock on Monday. And you're like, damn. It's like, yeah, sometimes if we go to conferences together, we could tag team. But other times you're like, fuck. It's like, I can't do this. So, yeah, and that's what happened. That We, because of the scheduling conflicts and everything, we ended up seeing everything on Sunday, last day. And I was like, ah. Well, we saw one on Friday. Saturday we had obligations, but then Sunday we did do three. Three, yeah. So we wish we could have seen more. Uh, Just a shout out to all the performers, organizers, and volunteers of Fringe. Thank you very much for doing this for us. Uh, From the community and from me and from Angelique as well, thank you. Yes, bringing culture to Orlando there. And, And the history of how... Orlando Fringe is the one of the largest fringe festivals here in the United States. It's I didn't know that, but that yes. makes total sense. Oh yes, it is the most highly respected, highly everyone. If you could get in Orlando, then you can make it anywhere else. So that that's usually what I've heard from a lot of the performers. And the performers came from all over the place. I know mm-hmm. we had uh New York, uh Canada, several Australia. Australia, um England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we had some coming from Arizona, um, basically from all over the world. They go mm-hmm. through the application process, and when you get chosen, um, they're not making big bucks to do this. They're running a lot of it at risk, and uh, most of them, if they can make a little money or break even, that that's their benefit. It's mm-hmm. basically a, a venue where they can uh, uh, get press. There was a lot of press down there, which I was very happy with. Right. And we weren't exposure. there. Sorry. <laughs> Again, too much going on. So, but we'll, we'll we'll try better. But we did talk, to, like I said, at least with Lucas and Carrie, and we're going to try to get them on the show there to talk about their stories and how they came up with their theatrical endeavor. Well, that ended French. 
like you said, on Monday. Yeah. And uh, that was Memorial Day. Yeah. So, of course, we can't wait a day, take a day off on Tuesday. We went out to... That's today. Yeah, it's today. <laughs> Proyecto Somos Orlando for a... Um, what, what's the exact title? Um, it, I think it is... Hold on. I have to get the... I know it's an LGBT community alliance. Yeah, see how good I am. And I'm actually presenting next week for these healthy sexuality uh, part of the uh, certification. Because it's actually an, L um, an LGBT ally certification to help better serve the LGBT community here of Central Florida. Now, it's a multi-day course. It's a five-week course. Yes, once a week for five weeks, if I recall, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. And this, uh, well, tonight... We uh, had a presenter, uh, Heather, from the Zebra Coalition. Mm -hmm. And the Zebra Coalition is a uh, nonprofit group in downtown Orlando that works with, they said, 13 to 24-year-olds, uh, mm -hmm. both in and out of the LGBT plus community. Uh, but they provide uh, safe spaces. They also work with several other organizations uh, to support the LGBT plus youth uh, in times of need, as well as provide actually um, classes, entertainment, training. Uh, they were saying they even had someone come down from uh, one of the banks down here mm -hmm. to talk to them about financial management. Right. Um, but we had a great discussion, uh, presentation given to us, mm -hmm. which covered uh, gender, and they split it up into gender orientation. Correct. Gender identity. Mm-hmm. And what was the third one? Not behavior. Behavior was part of the orientation. So I think it was just those two, the gender, um, the sexual orientations and the sexual gender and gender. Yeah. And the gender, because that's basically how they split up the two, how they identify. There. Well, they were splitting it up between the, 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 the sexuality and mm -hmm. the gender to the put gender. those separate. Mm -hmm. And then we were also exploring pronouns. Lots of pronouns. And, um, of course, there, there, there was a lot of, I don't say a lot, but there was some confusion about it. And I think the important thing to, to let people know, I know I, in the beginning, um, when was talking to someone and I wasn't sure whether to use the he or the she or the them, was pausing a lot. And I turned it into a comical moment where I say, look, I speak on a radio show. I'm a professional speaker at times. I've talked in front of lots of people, and I'm trying to be polite to you, and I sound like a bumbling idiot, and I apologize for that. And, of course, I got a laugh out of all of them. I said, how would you like to be referred to? And it was taken quite well. They were very pleasant that uh, I was making an effort to be correct on their, on their gender identity. Oh, yes. And I know I am very, very much trying very hard to be proactive on it because um, I know I had uh, one of my fellow um, sex educators that even to this day, I feel so bad. I still screw up her, their pronoun. See, I got it. I got it. their pronoun um, because that's how confusing it still is for me. But I, they know I, I love and respect them. I treasure them. And the minute they correct me, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I fix any pronunciations very quickly because we do share a lot of information collaboratively you know because that the gender identities and the pronouns do need to go out there and we do need to respect that community um it, it's kind of hard to say if it's an underserved or growing just because there's a lot more communication about it now than versus even five ten years ago Oh, most definitely. Um, I think it's always existed. I think a lot of people repressed it. True. And as someone who didn't embrace his sexuality himself until he was in his 30s and didn't finally get comfortable enough to come out as bisexual until I was in my 40s. No. I can. Yeah, I, was, no, I came out to you. 
Right, but... But it, it wasn't until late 30s... Yeah, late 30s. ...that yeah. I actually got comfortable enough where I said, you know what? Whatever consequences come along with this, I'll live with. Right. I'm bisexual. My daughter knows I'm bisexual. I don't think she understands it. No, no, but we've openly told her that. Right. And in or out of, you know, um, this type of community, this type of safe space... I still don't hide the fact at this point that I am bisexual. And over the years, we have gotten mixed results from coming out. Okay. Of course, when you say you're bisexual, it's like, yeah, threesome, baby. <laughs> Which all... immediately makes us go, no. <laughs> it's like, yeah, threesomes, two bi guys and me. There you go. That's my bisexuality. Because it, even... With us being bisexual, they do discriminate on how we perform in the bedroom. That is true. And that is something that I'd rather just not say that I'm bisexual with a woman if they're having the expectations of me doing certain sexual acts on them that I'm like, nope, that's my hard limit. I won't do it. I'll do everything else. But then they'll blacklist us. Yes, and, and we, we've seen, it's interesting, discrimination on both the vanilla population, which I understand, mm-hmm. but then we've also seen it from the LGBTQ uh, population and the swinger and poly uh, uh, groups as well. And it's just, my little plight is that the, the bisexuals out there are a uh, redheaded stepchild group. Uh, and I'll say that uh, with saying that we are, because I'm definitely a part of that. Um, but during this, uh, workshop we did tonight, it went over, um, and we discussed definitions of like pansexual versus pangender. Mm-hmm. Uh, pangender is another new one for me. Yeah. That one came out of left field for me. I was like, uh, I gotta do research. I mean, I was like writing down notes on things that I needed to research. Well, an important thing they said is these terms, um, there's the medical terms, and the medical terms which are used have been miscasted. Uh, something like the word hermaphrodite, uh, it actually doesn't mean in medical terms what we use it for. And on top of that, it's no longer the term to use. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's being born with, uh, obviously, uh, both male and female genitalia. Um, and some of the horror stories we've heard about doctors and parents who have chosen one or the other because they feel they have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And... You know, at that point, especially when it was done back then where they couldn't really uh, go further to test chromosomes or even that really don't matter, um, but they make the wrong choice and take someone who is a girl and start dressing them up in boy clothes and expecting them to play sports and do stuff. And the interesting story we heard was someone where uh, they didn't even tell the girl that she was uh, intersexed. Was intersexed, the term they yes, used. yes. But they didn't tell her how she found out about it was when she hit puberty. Things didn't develop as uh, it was a girl that they, well, it was an intersex that they chose to be a girl, uh, a boy. No, so, it was a girl. They chose to be a girl because that's why she wasn't getting her period like her other classmates were. But she was getting hair. Like a boy would. Well, girls get hair down there too. Not just down there, but start. I believe they were saying, you know, chest hair. And okay. either way, the puberty it wasn't that, and it was a real shock to her. And you could imagine the trauma of finding out that you've lived till you're 10, 12 years old, and then told you're not a boy or you're not a girl and you're actually something else. And I can't imagine the shock of that. Yeah, and, and then not having an organization or a group of people to go to just because there's really not that much information for intersex versus the LGBT. Now, with the LGBT community, they actually embraced her, our, the intersex child, to make sure that she had a safe spot to be there, you know, that had somebody to talk to and, you know, be supportive of, of the situation, I guess. I mean... Well, that's why I'm so happy that now we have these organizations like the Zebra, Zebra Coalition, like the Center, like several others, and we have a tech... 
technology mishap at this point of clicking the wrong button on our phone. Yeah. But um, no, I'm so glad these organizations exist. And I definitely want to give a shout out to them as well and say thank you. Uh, because the in, in past, even as adults, there's been no place to go. No, there, ha- there hasn't. And, you know, it's awesome that the Zebra Coalition works with the center, which is the LGBT adult services there to help you know them whatever tragedy and and honestly Projecto Somos Orlando started after the Pulse tragedy you know because there really wasn't a place a safe place for the LGBT community to come together in a Hispanic community you know that's true there there was the center center has been around for quite some time here in Orlando um but not directly for the Hispanics, but they've used a lot of resources in the Hispanic community and also with the Hispanic Federation working together. Um, there is one thing I do want to bring up, a topic I hadn't heard before okay. or a challenge for sex educators. And we'd love to hear from other sex educators if, they, if they've experienced this and how they've handled it. It's in English, we very much have the terms we use and the terms that are considered offensive. Example being intersex is the new term, hermaphrodites considered somewhat offensive. Mm-hmm. Transvestite um, too, remember? Transvestite. And my, I'm sorry, my first thought went to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, like, I started I, singing the song. I, I was just like, I, I'm a if sweet. I sing tra- around, if I sing around with the song, does that make me okay? Because it's art. I know. But when you go ahead and now teach sex ed in a different language like Spanish. Which I'm studying to do. Which is extremely difficult. And brain numbing. Because Puerto Rican Spanish, we're again in Florida, is very different from Cuban Spanish. Well, even different from me. I'm Mexican. Exactly. And, and, and then you start throwing in terms and say which one's accessible and which one's outdated when we know. Um, what, what, what do we find out? That the word, uh, we all remember Disney's A Bug's Life. Uh-huh. That the term bug that they chose in Spanish Spanish, you know, uh, Spain Spanish, yeah, yeah. Uh, was slang for, what was it, penis? Penis, yeah. In, in Puerto Rican Spanish. Yeah. So when you handed that child, uh, as a friend of mine did, a Bug's Life book and got a really weird look from the child's father, you know, <laughs> weird situation, awkward. Oh, that just reminds me of the friggin' situation when, when I worked back in the day in Disney with all the little ballet boys. There was the, the one girl and all the boys and again, I'm Mexican. I said that I wanted to beat the crap out of someone, and I use a word in Spanish, in Mexican Spanish, to beat the crap out of them. Well, the, all the boys I was working with were Puerto Rican. It wasn't until the little 18-year-old Puerto Rican kid pulls me aside, and you know he was very polite. He was like, Miss Angelique, do you know what you're saying? And I'm like, yeah, I'm saying, you know, I want to, like, beat the crap out of them. It's like, I had to say it in English. He's like, no, that's not what you're saying in Spanish. And saying you want to give them a really good hard fuck. I'm like, what? <laughs> Nearly ripped every other guy's head off. I'm like, why didn't you correct me? We're like, we thought you really meant it. And it was funny. I'm like, no, that is not what I meant. I was very angry at this person for disobeying all my rules, everything. Ah! Well, even in the same language, it's very important to know your vocabulary because I know a specific someone who was around 18 years old who heard a song, a uh, close friend of ours, and was walking around singing Pop That Coochie because she liked the beat but had no idea what the word coochie meant. Oh, that's true. And it wasn't until a teacher pulled her aside and said, don't don't sing that no more. I don't think, you mean, I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah, and talk about turning different shades of red. <laughs> Oh, she did when we explained it to her. <gasps> oh, my God. That was so funny there. But, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that was our adventures for the week uh, in the past. Coming up, <gasps> I have a little announcement. We have Gay Days Pride in Orlando, which is going from tonight is the opening ceremonies. Mm-hmm. It actually kind of started already. It goes how many days? Five days. Till Sunday. Everyone checks out on Monday. And there's events here on International Drive, down at Disney, over at the Parliament House. Anyway, all in Orlando, all over the place. They're not sponsoring us. We're just promoting because we're going to be 
going around playing crazy antics. But if anyone knows of any vendors that want to host us so we could give free sex advice and talk to them, let us know. I also have one more thing to add here. And that is I'm going to be getting a tattoo live. I have decided to go ahead and uh, embrace even more my sexuality. I have the bisexual logo. I'm going to be getting that as a tattoo. We're going to go find a tattoo artist, uh, I believe, on Thursday during the vendor events. Right, when the expo, the Gay Day Expo there. So that will be on Thursday. 11 a.m. is when they open. And once we find the right person and talk with them, we'll announce probably either Friday, maybe? Or Saturday, we'll see what we can do. We may uh, invite anyone else who wants to come down and do the same, do the do, uh, do it with us or not. Either way, we're advertising it. We're going to see how this plays out. Yeah, um, most likely we'll probably be doing it on Facebook Live, doing that. And um, you get to see part of my butt getting tattooed. Well, it's part of my thighs. Your thighs, because you're going to be wearing your G-string. G-string. A little, <laughs> a little more than that. I know, ah. I know you'll have me dancing around, but uh, anyway... <laughs> Or, or, or maybe we could get a, like a the local swimwear to sponsor the event, so we'll have it all over. So, but definitely Facebook Live there. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we should try our YouTube Live. YouTube Live. We're going to go ahead and try to, uh, uh, well, put it out there as much as we can because um, I'm committed to this cause. I am bisexual. I'm proud of it. And for everyone else out there, come join me because we're not going away. Yeah, because, you know, he's with the tattoos. So the, this is the part of our relationship that is evolving. Because when we first got together, I, I'm i not a fan of tattoos myself. I respect the art. I respect it on the person. But when I first met him seven years ago, I'm like, you have three. That's all you're staying with. Uh-uh. No more. But people change. Time evolves. So he's getting more tattoos now. Thank you, honey. Yeah, I deserve more presents. <laughs> oh, you get spoiled. I know, I know. I'm a pretty little princess here. Um, because we'll be in Vegas uh, for ASAC, and that's going to be in two weeks. And what we're trying, yeah, we're still trying to finalize that trip. We only have plane tickets and conference tickets, and that's it. <laughs> and no hotel, but we're working on that. No, we're working on the hotel. We're, we're, we're homeless at the moment. So if you have any connections, please let us know. <laughs> Otherwise, that is our week in summary, right? Did we miss anything? Uh, I don't know. Just um, where we're going to be. I mean, basically follow us uh, with um, the hashtags. Uh, the Big Top, is that what Gay Days say? I know it's hashtag Gay Days Orlando. Oh, there is something we forgot. Yes. We took out an ad. <gasps> yes, we did. We have an ad in Watermark Magazine, which is the local uh, LGBT. LGBTQ uh, uh, magazine. They have a little color handout, and we are in there uh, a little bit past the center. So if you do see us and see our ad, uh, give us a tweet, give us a holler, and let us know you've seen us. Listen to the podcast, download, subscribe. And I think that's enough self promotion we can do. Uh, oh, wait. I'm on Twitter and Facebook. No, no, we forgot our sponsors. Sponsors, of oh, course. See, we're still getting the groove of this, you know. It's like last time we did the sponsors at the beginning, this time somewhere in the middle, in the end. Well, we can do that because we, in the, they will be in the beginning when we have uh, conversations with other people calling in. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and just jump straight to our sponsors. And that is uh, The Woodshed. Mm-hmm. It's in Orlando Dungeon. They provide a lot of classes in everything from BDSM 101 to Shibari to Fridays and Saturday nights. There is at least one of two dungeons open. If it gets crowded, they open up the second. It is a nice, large, clean place. It is well-managed. It is a safe space. It is LGBTQ friendly Mm -hmm. if you want to come down. And... um, We've really enjoyed it. We've enjoyed, what, the shibari, the roping. Mm-hmm. You love the fire cupping. I love fire cupping. I love so. the impact play. <laughs> well, that's what roping is. Roping is impact play. But if you're talking other ones like the flogging or, I don't know, what else? Well, there's flogging, there's whipping, there's spanking, there's paddling. Mm-hmm. There's lots of different impacts. Lots of different places to impact. The breast, the the the, the, the buttocks, the... Mm-hmm. Uh, 
let's see the upper thighs if you really want to get sadistic the bottom of the feet but you got to be careful there but ooh, that does hurt mm-hmm. always looking for a friendly neighborhood masochist to uh get in their mood yeah but you won't let me do it to you that's why i'm the sadist but still come on we could switch i'd like to be a switch we'll see Ugh. to be discussed later on a, on a later episode yeah, we'll keep you posted on that. <laughs> Otherwise, oh. where we can reach us? Uh, you forgot buyer. Hello. Oh, one more. I'm sorry I'm rushing. Go yes. right ahead. It's all yours. No, now you tell, tell them about fire. I'm just reminding you because okay. that, that's the one that you enjoy very much. I the, do love the it. Florida Intensive Rope Experience. That's also. coming up in August. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in Kissimmee, Florida, which is a little south of Orlando. Hosted it's, again by the Woodshed. They're the organization holding having it. The list of presenters is really good this time. They're going to be doing demos. They're going to have workshops. Um, they're going to have open space so you can practice your roping. I know um, Chris, Lunatic Bound, is going to be there. Mm-hmm. He's also going to be doing classes as well as uh, Zen. And um, I'm trying to think of who else. Totally. You just go on FetLife.com and look for Fire or even uh, The Woodshed, and you'll get all the presenters, all the information you need for it. Because I know they're capping off the attendance, so that's almost close to being they are sold out. almost sold out, according to the website. Mm-hmm. And I know um, they're also going to have a limited amount of rooms. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who has practiced Shibari as top or bottom, Driving home at 3 a.m. after a day of doing that is not something you want to do. So please get a room, stay, be safe, and enjoy yourself. Right. Even though there's not a lot of drinking, there is a lot of roping, a lot of things that go. And then you get your sub drop and sub deep compression. Well, not Um, just the roping, the suspension. I love that. Yeah. So get practicing because you promised me you were going to suspend me. You will be suspended one way or the other, baby. As you hear that, you're going to hold them accountable, please, audience. That is your responsibility. Hold John C. Luna accountable to suspend me by fire in August 2017. So now have we covered everything? Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, we forgot to talk about my workshop. The uh, how to talk to kids about sex. Yes, you did a wonderful workshop on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all ages, so really got the conversation started with a lot of people because they were shocked at when certain topics should have been brought up and how to bring it up. Um, the resources available, the books. Uh, Corey Silverberg is one of my favorite children's sex educators because a lot of his books have the characters in various different colors, so you can't tell race color and also um gender the way he describes about how to make a baby is the sperm and the egg get together and create a baby and i think that's awesome because if you're not someone from with your birth parents if you're adopted or even nowadays born in a test tube that's a great way to understand how you came to be without feeling discomfort or weird about where do you come from. And also books that are geared for teens, but adults could probably use them to learn more about their um, sexuality and sex. Because I know I had one parent that I had to calm her down because she was having her own personal sex anxiety I guess you would call it because she was shamed about sex and she didn't want to reflect that on her children but yet you know for her to say well I'll pay you to teach sex ed to my kid I'm like no let's fix you first because remember you're going you're going to be that resource the child will always come to you're going to be the one available 24 7 versus me me you're going to have to pay me every time to talk to your kid about sex but you're the one who should be there and be the resource, be the one they feel comfortable to talk about. And some of the topics, some parents were like, what do you mean pornography? What do you mean the child loss? And I was like, yeah, you need to understand. 
you wherever state you're in know the sex laws in your state because a lot of kids ages 10 11 12 13 are sending nude photos to each other not realizing they're legally distri- illegally distributing child pornography even though it's photos of themselves which automatically covers they become registered sex offenders because they distributed selfies, nude selfies. What I very much like about your presentation, and it is, again, sex ed and how to talk to your kids about sex, your main focus on it, though, is the importance of this to basically your child's development and his ability to have um, healthy relationships. You're not talking to your kids about sex for fun you're actually preparing them because if you don't teach them they're going to go ahead and learn about it from their friends they're going to learn about it from hollywood they're going to learn about it from porn and those are not the places you want to learn your kid you want your kids to learn about sex the other thing is you also focus what i like is on the parents that you need to figure out to become comfortable talking to your kids about sex because kids can smell fear If you talk to your kids and have that very awkward talk, like most of our parents had to us, where they were so uncomfortable that you instinctively became uncomfortable empathetically with them, that sex is such this weird topic, it it doesn't flow. It doesn't work well. No, no. Not at all. You need to be able to talk to your kids confidently about sex for them to actually take you seriously. Right, because these are like building blocks of foundations that you're giving them to prepare with relationships, whether it be sexual or business or work or personal. You have to make them feel confident in their ability to be a person and make their best judgment. I think you you use the example once. It's like we all go to the bathroom, but we have to learn not to go in the diaper anymore. We have to be potty trained. And there are books on potty training, and our parents will teach us, or uh, uh, guardians, whatever. Someone teaches us that you just can't go. You have to practice self-control, and that you need to go in the bathroom and do it. And accidents happen along the way. Thankfully, we have someone to help clean up those accidents. Right. And we learn by a young age to go ahead and stop that. Now comes sex. If you don't teach your kids about sex... They will learn on their own. Right. They will have messes, mm-hmm. whether that's STDs, broken emotions. Pregnancies. Uh, it, pregnancies, or just plain uh, a destruction of their confidence. Because, again, if a, if a, we live in a very masculine society to where it's, you know, if a guy has sex, yay. If a girl has sex, slut, which is, again, totally unfair, but it is that slut-shaming that teens love to do. Yep. And the whole nurturing the, the rape culture. We don't realize we we as parents sometimes are nurturing that by saying things like boys will be boys. No, that's not acceptable that they could have mean behaviors, punch someone says, oh, well, they like you. No, because then when they're in their teens and they feel entitled to take sex from somebody else, then what do you say right there? You've raised them already to think that it's okay to hit people because you like them. It's okay to um, be rough and tough because you're a boy and boys will be boys. It's, you know, also teaching them about feelings and emotions and how to express it. Um, I found it comical this week. We were watching um, El Rey Network and the old uh, Incredible Hulk with Lou Ferrigno. And who's the other guy who plays David Banner? Bill Bixby. Bill Bixby there. And it was an episode where Bill, uh, David Banner was explaining emotions to Lou Ferrigno, who was playing a character called Carl, on how emotions work. It's similar to muscle building. Emotions are like muscles. You know, when you're first trying to work out, it's hard. And then you're sore. And it hurts. But then you slowly learn and you slowly grow and it doesn't hurt anymore. And you're able to understand how your body works. And he explained emotions is similar to muscles. You get hurt. 
but then you figure out how not to get hurt and how to navigate your emotions based on exercises of learning what to do and what not to do and how to express your feelings. I, I, I found that very comical, but easy to understand, but that was the 70s. Well, it was very interesting that such a great analogy came from a comic book-based 70s TV show from an actor who at the time wasn't known to be gay, who unfortunately um, was one of the casualties in the 80s uh, of AIDS, mm-hmm. um, who had these, these, I mean, I know it was a script, but quite good words of wisdom. Yeah. A lot of those shows in the in the 70s, even Wonder Woman, she had some great advice and info too. Yeah, the problem is with the 70s, 80s sitcoms, they had that along with the cheesies, must-see Tuesdays, whatever NBC had of the Cosby show and the others that just had, uh, what was that, Growing Pains, that just had a lot of unbelievable BS of how families should be. <laughs> so it was occasionally the diamond in the rough. Okay. So, but I know it, it, t- television has changed quite a bit there. I know Blackish just did this season, their episode of pornography, and that was pretty you know, spot on, you know, how the parent walked in and freaked the frick out and made the kid feel so ashamed. They're like, ah! and then it's, you know, it took a while to calm down and explain what it was. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so that's what's going on with us. We're going to try to do this also with our conversation. So two podcasts a week, that is our goal because um, next week, knock on wood, maybe it'll be calm, maybe not, but I know it's going to be the week before we have to prepare to go to Las Vegas for ASAC. Oh, but also next week I'm presenting over at, um, Proyecto Somos Orlando's healthy sexuality for the LGBT community there, how to be a good ally for them. Awesome. We're doing some great workshops, uh. And um, actually, we hope you're enjoying the show because so far it's we've been doing this now six months. Does it seem like that? Uh, 22 episodes. <laughs> yep. And it has been utterly amazing. So I'm really hoping the listeners have enjoyed this as much as I have. Yes. And we promise we're going to try to do more video. Um, I don't know how the GoPro camera is going to work. So if we don't do it while we're in uh gay days around orlando we'll upload the videos later and see our adventures of what we get to see and do because i I know we're going to be doing some shopping because they have like a whole uh leather section expo Ooh, leather 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 and floggers and chains oh my oh my yes i know it's a big top circus i was just kind of disappointed i wasn't able to be a fortune teller there because i love love entertaining people being a fortune teller and telling them all about their business and they're like how'd you know it i'm like if you can't handle the truth don't come see me so but i was supposed to get sex educator and coach so good night all thanks very much for listening you can find me at miss angelique luna everywhere um and then the show living a sex positive life dot com and dot facebook com. And you could find me on Twitter and Facebook as John C. Luna. So please yell out, say hi. By the way, you can also find me uh, under the same name on FetLife. So if you're on there, reach out. Again, a great place for uh, resources on all type of kink. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you very much for listen- listening. Thanks. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Bye.